KPBS On Demand is supported by UC San Diego Art Power, welcoming the renowned Jack Quartet to San Diego for an evening of music titled Modern Medieval with works by Caroline Shaw, Morton Feldman, and more. Monday, May 6th at The Loft at UC San Diego, artpower.ucsd.edu. San Diego County resists revealing exactly where COVID-19 community outbreaks are happening. We still don't know where the outbreaks are happening. We don't know their neighborhoods. So, so basically most of what we asked for is still missing. I'm Alison St. John. Maureen Kavanaugh will be back next week. This is Midday Edition. School students who need in-person learning most urgently may be the last ones to get back into the classrooms. Long before this pandemic, we already knew that the zip code you lived in dictated often the quality of the education that you received. And we'll get a weekend preview with a smorgasbord of virtual events for this holiday weekend. That's all ahead on KBBS Midday Edition. KPBS On Demand is supported by Bill Howe Plumbing, Heating and Air, Restoration and Flood Services. Family owned and operated for three generations, Bill Howe has been serving the plumbing, heating and air and water damage needs of the San Diego area since 1980 with their fleet of trained professionals. Bill Howe has the ability to service all major and minor plumbing and HVAC emergency needs 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Bill Howe is committed to providing excellent service to their customers with transparent quotes and attention to detail on every job. Whether you're in need of an HVAC installation, plumbing, or water damage restoration in San Diego, they offer the convenience of scheduling an appointment over the phone, online, or through live chat on their website. Call 1-800-BILL-HOWE or visit billhowe.com. Because we know how. The Labor Day holiday weekend is here, and public health officials across the state are concerned that holiday gatherings may spark new coronavirus outbreaks. In San Diego County, there have been more than 240 community outbreaks since the start of the pandemic, according to new information released by the county. But San Diego County is still keeping the specific locations of an outbreak a secret. KPBS recently joined a lawsuit to make that information public, and joining us now is KPBS editor David Washburn. David, welcome to the program. Good to be here, Alison. So now KPBS joined a public records lawsuit to get a, a better picture of where coronavirus outbreaks have taken place in our region, and the county has released some information on community outbreaks. What does this tell us? It really doesn't tell us much more than we already knew before they released this information by city. Uh, an outbreak is defined as three or more people connected to the same location who tested positive for COVID-19. What they've done, uh, and, and we, we do believe this is in response largely to the lawsuit that uh, Voice of San Diego filed and, and, and we have joined, it breaks it down by city. So before they just would give you outbreak, you know, the entire count by the county, and they would break it up into sectors such as, you know, a nursing home or a bar slash restaurant or something like that. But they were just giving it countywide. Now they've just yesterday, they released the outbreak information by city, uh, which doesn't do much for us because uh, the vast majority of them are in the city of San Diego because the city of San Diego is the, the largest by far city in the, uh, in the county. So you see a lot of outbreaks in the city of San Diego and then relatively few in other in other cities. So I guess it you could say that 
city of San Diego are where most of the outbreaks happening, but we knew that anyway. I mean, that, that doesn't tell us a whole lot more. And what information is still missing then that would help the public if it were revealed? Specifically, what's missing is the outbreak locations, which is, you know, what we asked for to begin with. And, uh, you know, we still don't know, for, you know, we, we still don't know where the outbreaks are happening. We don't know their neighborhoods. We don't know. So, so, so basically, most of what we asked for is still missing. Now, the county argues that releasing specific addresses could make businesses fearful of reporting outbreaks to public health officials, and also that, that individuals might be less likely to disclose their whereabouts during the contact tracing interviews, which, of course, are the best way to, to stop the spread of the virus. You know, they're arguing it would have a chilling effect. So why does KPBS feel that the specific data on where the outbreaks are occurring is important public information? We understand the county's position. Our position is that the overall public's right to know supersedes the interests of individuals or individual businesses. And, you know, we are not interested in putting a scarlet letter on uh, individuals or businesses, but it is important. It's important for us to know whether the market down the road from us has had an outbreak or the restaurant that we're thinking of going to has an outbreak, even if it's outdoor seating. Another key point is that it's important for the public to know whether outbreaks are happening because business and individuals are violating the county health order or if they're happening in spite of people following the order. This would help us all better understand why we had a difficult time slowing the spread. For example, we know that Boulevard Fitness in University Heights has flouted the county order for months. You know, the public has a right to know if that business had an outbreak. So there are a lot of very compelling reasons for uh, the public's overall health uh, would be better served with all this information out there from our position. Is there a precedent for the county releasing location-specific data during previous infectious disease outbreaks? Absolutely. One of the most high-profile outbreaks before this pandemic, of course, was the hepatitis A outbreak in 2017. And during that outbreak, the county did release specific locations. They, they released specific locations. Um, most notably, they, they released that World Famous in Pacific Beach had an outbreak. So, so they do. And, and with uh, TB outbreaks, they will name the specific school. So there is precedent for the county to release uh, locations of outbreaks. And how do other counties deal with this? How do they handle coronavirus outbreak data? A lot of them do the same thing. You know, I've taken the same tact that San Diego County has. A notable exception is the county of L.A. They have their website includes very detailed information on specific out, outbreak location. They break it down by the different sectors, the congregate care facilities, nursing homes, healthcare facilities, places like that, but also individual businesses. So if you go on to the LA County's website, you will see specific outbreak information. And where does the lawsuit go from here? Well, we're going to continue to, to fight it. I mean, they have a strong feeling that they release this information to a large degree because of because of our lawsuit, but it doesn't, we're not satisfied with with, with simply instead of releasing it just overall by the county to break it down by city. We need it broken down further than that. So we're, we're continuing. We have no plans to, uh, to do anything but move forward with the lawsuit. We've been speaking with KPBS editor David Washburn. David, thanks so much. Thank you. For schools in southern San Diego County hit hardest by the pandemic, a public health crisis has collided with academic disparities. 
KBBS education reporter Joe Hong spoke to teachers, administrators and medical experts about how students who most urgently need in-person learning could be the last to return to the classroom. Natalie LaRosa is a teacher at Smythe Elementary in San Ysidro. She's currently juggling raising two children while being a full-time teacher and the president of the San Ysidro School District's Teachers Union. It's, it's very stressful. Um, Distance learning has been a struggle for LaRosa. She said she's always struggled with technology and she said she spends nearly as much time preparing lessons as she does teaching. Although her life would be much easier if she and her kids could go back to the classroom, she says it's not worth the safety risk of going back to school while COVID-19 case numbers are still high in San Ysidro. Some of my students' parents have told me they've had it. Um, I know a lot of people tell me that somebody close to them died from it, even people in their 40s that were healthy, people in their 60s. So people are starting to know more people. And once you know somebody, that passed away from it, then it's more real to you. As of September 2nd, the zip code where she teaches has had over 4,800 cases of COVID. That's more than 10 times the number of cases in parts of coastal North County. Other zip codes in South County also have had thousands of cases. But while a return to school would be more dangerous for families in these zip codes compared to elsewhere in the county, their children are the most likely to need in-person instruction. They're more likely to be English learners and come from low-income families. Everyone recognizes that there are certain zip codes where people reside where, where the disease is far more prevalent. Howard Terrace is a professor of pediatrics at UC San Diego and the consulting pediatrician for San Diego Unified School District. San Diego Unified, with more than 125,000 students, is the county's largest district and spans zip codes with both some of the highest and lowest case numbers. But Terrace said the disparities in case numbers by zip code might not show the full picture. Um, and many of the people that live in those zip codes may go to schools outside of those zip codes. So the importance of the zip code begins to become a little bit more muddled when it comes to um, how schools need to respond. But the public health disparities colliding with pre-existing academic disparities shows an ongoing crisis, says Angelica Honko. She's an attorney focusing on educational equity at the civil rights law firm Public Advocates. Long before this pandemic, we already knew that the zip code you lived in dictated often the quality of the education that you received. Consider Scripps Elementary in the northern part of the city. It's in a zip code with among the lowest case numbers in the county and just 15% of its students qualify for free or reduced price meals. Compare that to Porter Elementary in southeast San Diego, which is in a zip code with among the highest infection rates, and 95% of its students are eligible for free or reduced price meals. Tara says there is a possible scenario where Porter has to shut down due to high case numbers while Scripps stays open. Those conversations do come up, and it is a big worry for everybody. Um, schools will hopefully not be the place where the disease is going to be transmitted, or it will be hopefully a rare event where it's transmitted. Chula Vista Elementary is another district with learning disparities and a disproportionately high number of COVID cases. Educators there tried over the summer to mitigate the disparities by offering a two-week virtual summer school session to vulnerable student groups. Matthew Tessier is an assistant superintendent in the district. We were able to engage the community and actually have cohorts of children working with teachers in a virtual setting to help mitigate that loss and, and accelerate the learning, actually. Experts like Honko say that the state needs to better support districts like those in the southern parts of San Diego County to battle both the public health and educational inequities. Closing the digital divide by providing devices and Wi-Fi to all students is just one example. This pandemic 
gives us an opportunity to actually upgrade our educational system to meet 21st century needs. Joe Hong, KPBS News. KPBS On Demand is supported by Bill Howe Plumbing, Heating and Air, Restoration and Flood Services. Family owned and operated for three generations, Bill Howe has been serving the plumbing, heating and air and water damage needs of the San Diego area since 1980 with their fleet of trained professionals. Bill Howe has the ability to service all major and minor plumbing and HVAC emergency needs 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Bill Howe is committed to providing excellent service to their customers with transparent quotes and attention to detail on every job. Whether you're in need of an HVAC installation, plumbing, or water damage restoration in San Diego, they offer the convenience of scheduling an appointment over the phone, online, or through live chat on their website. Call 1-800-BILL-HOWE or visit billhowe.com because we know how. You're listening to KPBS Midday Edition. I'm Alison St. John. It's the weekend, and with it, plenty to do to get your arts and culture fix. It may not include any big holiday weekend outings or events, but that's okay. There's still art. We have some brand new virtual theater, the winners of the San Diego Art Prize, and a live-streamed instrumental rock show. Joining me is KPBS arts editor and producer Julia Dixon-Evans with the details. Welcome, Julia. Hi, Allison. So first up is the San Diego Repertory Theater's Latinx New Play Festival. Tell us about this. It's a virtual program, right? Yeah. So this is the fourth annual festival, and it will be entirely online this year. This festival discovers and produces new works by playwrights across North and South America, and it also hosts panels and showcases. This year, they're doing five original theater presentations, including four new plays and one sort of showcase of comic memoir work by Marga Gomez. So the kickoff play is Francisco Mendoza's Machine Learning, which isn't exactly about COVID, but it looks at how someone used robots to take care of an ailing family member. So it feels kind of like it has an unsettling timeliness to it. And yeah, these plays are scattered throughout the weekend alongside panels about dramaturgy, direction, design, and more. That's San Diego Rep's Latinx New Play Festival. It's screening on Friday through Sunday online. Now, how can we see some quote-unquote live music this weekend? Yeah, so the Casbah recently started having bands come in to the empty venue and perform. And they're live streaming these shows on the Twitch platform. It's not the same as being at the Casbah for a show, but these are really well produced. And you can also feel this sort of energy from the bands because they all miss performing and they miss each other. This Saturday night, the instrumental band Los Pinche Pinches will perform. They're kind of like a dark indie progressive twist on the surf rock band. There's a bit of dreamy shoegaze and also the sense that if there was singing, which there isn't, but it would be like a long scream. It's definitely worth tuning into to watch or even just having it on as a backdrop for dinner or something. This is Summer Sweater from their album released last year. That's Los Pinche Pinches, that streams live on Saturday at 8.30 p.m. from an empty Casbah via Twitch. 
Now, moving on into the visual arts and also the in-person arts, tell us a little about the San Diego Art Prize. Yeah, so each year the San Diego Art Prize celebrates the work of four regional artists, and this year they're all women. I've been following these finalists for a while now, and their work is exceptional. Photographer Alana Aratam plays with rewriting history and representation in art. Griselda Rosas always has a way of infusing textures and materials in her visual art and sculpture. Uh, Melissa Walter really works with light and shadow and science. And Kaori Fukuyama, who also has a notable colored plexiglass installation on the side of the North Park Target. And she's known for her work with shapes and light. And the four of them are showing the works that they made specifically for this art prize show at Bread and Salt. There'll be a metered entry art opening on Saturday from five to eight, where they're only letting in a few people in the building at a time. But the art space will be open for appointment only individual viewings from this Saturday on through late October. And one of the strange silver linings of this pandemic is getting that feeling of being the only person in a museum or gallery space. <laughs> That's true, yeah. The, the San Diego Art Prize finalist exhibition kicks off Saturday evening at Bread and Salt in Barrio Loban with socially distant viewings or by appointment. And I hear you have one more visual art recommendation for those of us who aren't ready to be in a room with other people yet and are also tired of staring at Zoom. <laughs> yeah, there's a new mural in La Jolla as part of the Athenaeum's Murals of La Jolla project. Tijuana artist Marcos Ramirez Ere has installed this brand new work which replaces his previous 2015 work on the side of an office building at 7611 Fay Avenue. The new piece is called In Chains and features optometry chart style, a quote from the late American band leader Paul Whiteman, jazz came to America 300 years ago in chains. So you can even make a little driving tour and seek out some of the other murals. Uh, there's several more that have just been installed this quarantine even. Yeah, and that's outside. So that's a great idea, Julia. So we've been speaking with KPBS arts editor and producer Julia Dixon-Evans. Thanks so much. Thank you, Allison. And for more arts events or to sign up for the KPBS Arts newsletter, you can go to kpbs.org slash arts. KPBS On Demand is supported by Bill Howe Plumbing, Heating and Air Restoration and Flood Services. 
Family owned and operated for three generations, Bill Howe has been serving the plumbing, heating and air, and water damage needs of the San Diego area since 1980. With their fleet of trained professionals, Bill Howe has the ability to service all major and minor plumbing and HVAC emergency needs 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Bill Howe is committed to providing excellent service to their customers with transparent quotes and attention to detail on every job. Whether you're in need of an HVAC installation, plumbing, or water damage restoration in San Diego, they offer the convenience of scheduling an appointment over the phone, online, or through live chat on their website. Call 1-800-BILL-HOWE or visit billhowe.com because we know how.